All right. Well, welcome back to the From Many People's Strength podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Nugabauer, with our usual special guest slash host slash, I don't know, whatever, Matt Gurley. Thank <laughs> you for coming. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. And we definitely have a guest and he's a great guest and he's been on before. And uh, what's his name? Salisbury Steak there uh, said that... Uh, the Saskatoon uh, champion there of the Voyagers up there in Saskatoon was saying, uh, assuming that now my brother and Gourley are the two mats that run the podcast all the time, <laughs> um, completely forgetting about my existence. And I was pretty <laughs> wounded and hurt. Um, I'm not serious. But anyways, it is my brother, Matthew Nugabauer, who is a podcast legend and hero and waking the red writer, among others. Uh, Matthew, thank you for joining us. Got to, got to jump on, got to recap this uh, this window and the uh, El Salvador game and yeah, see what, what comes next. There you go. So, the you know, we talked uh, girly about, you know, what would be happy with coming into this uh, window. And I think we all learned never to doubt or wonder or question, you know, what this team is capable of again, because, you know, I think Gurley, we talked about, you know, four or five kind of points being a dream scenario, given, you know, you go from hot in Honduras to cold in Hamilton, back to hot again, and only seven days and no Alfonso Davies, no, you know, no clarity, at least on what, you know, Steven Estacchio could do and whatnot. But uh, a 2-0 win in Estadio Cuscatlan in San Salvador, Ah. Uh, Man, do you, is there even more space? I'll start with you, uh, Gurley. You even have more. You, you have any more space to be impressed by these guys, or what? I mean, I, I must because I am more impressed. I, you know, you talked about the window, and you know, thinking five or six sets us up great for the last window. But I mean, even even Raheem Edwards, who I think is is an optimistic guy, uh, you know, said we get seven points in this window, and I was thinking. Yeah. Ooh, that's, you know, that'd be great. That'd be up, you know, that was sort of optimistic, but you know, boom, nine points. Um, and, you know, going into the window without Davies, there's like, wow, Canada can't win in Central America. You know, they never do blah, 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 blah. You know? <laughs> well, there you go. Two, two nil wins. I mean, not the greatest sides. Honduras, obviously not in a good moment. El Salvador's really competitive and they play well and they play hard and they're a good unit. Um, you know, they're not blessed with a ton of scoring talent and whatever else, but they're a tough team to beat, especially at home. So there's, you know, the U.S. would have gladly taken the 2-0 win over them uh, in the Cuscatlan, but uh, no, it's a fantastic window. And again, just shows um, as much as sometimes people question the the depth and some of the the pieces outside of the main pieces for this Canadian team, seen so many contributions from so many different guys uh obviously saw it last night basically the starting back three wasn't there um you didn't start buchanan didn't start uh richie lorea or sorry lorea started but uh johnson didn't um you know the missing pieces but still a very good road performance yeah and you know you you man like you, you don't go on the road in concacaf too often and and say we're going to win this game prettily, prettily. Is that the right word? I think it is prettily. It is now if it wasn't before. Um, yeah, Matthew Nugabauer, same question. I mean, these are the kinds of games that, well, you know, Wheeler was right on the broadcast. So the kinds of games that we should we should expect that uh, season 
watchers of this national team program of CONCACAF should know going would know going in that this is the type of thing that uh, the type of chippy defensive um, you know stop and start game that Canada has not won has not gotten results. I mean, maybe nil nil draws are are the best we've usually gotten, and then um, yeah, going into this game, I admit I was a bit guilty of expecting the same kind of florid dynamic attacking play, even with the lineup that Herdman put out. But, uh, you know, looking back on the result and we'll get to the, the, the bounce and the subs and all that in a bit, uh, looking at the result, uh, it, it's the type of wins that this team is getting has gotten that has brought us to an all but official qualification. You know, yes, we can talk about um, the the Mex the win in Mexico, the win uh, against the U.S. or sorry, not the win in Mexico, the win again in against Mexico and Edmonton. Uh, talk about the game on Sunday uh, against the U.S. and Hamilton, the the big slaying the Giants, but there was another giant of going away to South America and or Central America rather, and, and getting these wins, these three points as well. The type of thing we did in previous rounds of qualifying, um, you know, we went down to Haiti and, and got that result. It it's, continues to be, uh, if I can just you know, summarize this, this qualifying, yeah, that we've, we've slain the, the U.S.-Mexico Giants at home. We've drew them on the road. That's been great. Those have been fantastic results too uh, in, in Nashville and Azteca. Uh, we, uh, yeah, this is national. Yes. <laughs> We've also been able to both, yeah, this ramp up with lesser teams go and dominate in, in Aruba, dominate in Haiti, and then in Honduras and in El Salvador, get these convincing wins as well. And so really bodes well. It, it's um, in terms of the overall points and very clear reason why. We're in first place. We're undefeated, and we're we're, you know, just about there to punch our ticket to the to the World Cup. Knock on wood. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think obviously the Canadian men didn't want to have to need to face, uh, you know, the Rubas and the Cayman Islands and whatever of the world in that situation. And I think it definitely was beneficial and they've talked about coming together through those experiences and especially you know the civil unrest in Haiti and and just the shenanigans that Don Herman keeps alluding to but not giving us specifics about in in Haiti um but uh you know that that all being said like there I don't like again I'm very impressed that they were able to get down there and whatever but it wasn't uh you know obviously the quality of competition was really poor and the atmospheres were um, right, pretty placid. Like I think it was not too uncomfortable for the Canadians outside of Haiti. So the fact they were able to get get the job done uh, in Haiti was extremely uh, extremely important. And uh, you know, I think back, you know, in this moment, I think back to that own goal by the Haitian keeper who is a Canadian guy, uh, Gourley. What, what was his name? You remember his name, don't you? Duvernay. Yeah, I think back to that. Like, where would we be without Duvernay, right? Like, uh, he's uh, he's a Canadian treasure. Thank goodness, God bless you, son. Um, but that being said, they they rode that wave, and and here we are. So Canada goes, uh, you know, after highs and highs 
of um, facing the U.S. in, in Hamilton and beating them. And on uh, the 2nd of February, travel from, you know, pretty cold Edmonton or uh, Hamilton, but obviously us in the prairies are like, you guys don't know what cold is. It wasn't uh, to, cold in Hamilton. Yeah. I'll just to, put that out there. It wasn't that cold. <laughs> sure. And, and, uh, and to, uh, you know, to tell, you know, to get warm temperatures in El Salvador and going back and forth like that's not going to be easy, but they do have some squad rotation, uh, you know, for, like Daniel Henry's in there, Kennedy's back in there, Stefan Estacchio's in there, Liam Miller's in there, Junior Harlot starts. Um, Jonathan David's a little bit of continuity in there. Hutchinson is back too. Um, but you know, overall, Gurley, I'll ask you first. Uh, you know, what was your take on this Canada performance? Um, I like the first half hour actually. I mean, it's it's a tough place to play. You expect El Salvador to to have a lot of energy. Um, and Canada was able to kind of possess the ball and and you know, kind of dictate things a little bit more than we've seen maybe even the last two matches, which was good to see. Um, it was pretty scrappy, both, especially in the second half. Both sides looked pretty tired. Um, you know, Zavaleta was limping around on one leg. Atacubi had a pretty good knock. Every, you know, there's a lot of guys that were kind of gutting through that last phase of, of things. Both teams came in with some injuries. Um, but, you know, to talk about it, you know, Canada's was also missing, you know, Cavallini, mm-hmm. um, uh, Gutierrez, and uh, who's the other one that was out with, oh, Frazier, you know, with COVID, plus two, four, four staff members, including two coaches. And then you've got Buchanan, Ugbo, and obviously Piet all have ankle injuries. So um, it was a pretty thin squad to, to get that result. And, and they rode their luck a little bit. Obviously, the Hutchinson goal was... <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's one. Of, it's a classic. You make your own luck, though, right? It was a two v five break. Laren does great to stay on his feet. Mm-hmm. Hutchinson, you know, sort of tempered his run, not thinking he's going to get there, but he's already ahead of David. Then figures, well, someone's going to make a run to the near post, so he does. And somehow, I mean, again, I think if Zavaleta has two good legs, maybe he gets better gold side of Hutchinson. Does he ever have two good legs? Yeah, when, did, when has he had two good legs? <laughs> uh, the TFC fans with yep. the non-stop chirping of uh, Eric Zavaletta. Well-deserved I mean, chirping. Just, but a great run by Hutchinson. And, you know, yeah. I, he probably could have, you know, very close to scoring the original attempt, but mm-hmm. then ends up in the back of the net. Um, maybe a bit of luck with the VAR not having Buchanan called for that penalty there, which, I mean, a, I think that probably was a penalty. B, I think if VAR looks at it, that had to be a foul. It could be that yeah. led to the chance right in the first before, place. Yeah. So um, I figure six and one half dozen mm-hmm. the other is probably fair enough not to be a bit of penalty. But I know the El Salvador fans are not pleased that that wasn't given as a penalty. Um, I don't know. It, it is what it is. We got VAR. If v- I always figure if VAR looks at it, someone watches it on the screen, decides it's not. What are you going to do? I mean, you know, that, that's a pretty definitive decision at that point. So um, it, it wasn't pretty, but, you know, matches played in January, matches played in Central America on dodgy pitches with great humidity. You know, obviously the heat wasn't nearly as bad as it normally was. Um, El was really nice humid humidity-wise in the weekend, and that was back up to like 95% mm-hmm. again for the match day. So lucky us. Um, <laughs> but... They're not going to be pretty, you know, three matches in seven days. It's never going to look great. But 
all that matters is the result and the way they're able to kind of power mm-hmm. through that and find the resolve to get the job done, which they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything to add, Yeah. I mean, my, my comment about the expectations, notwithstanding um, that first half did feel rough. Uh, it seemed like they were trying to force it. Canada was trying to force it a little, little too much. I do remember specifically one example where uh, the play square behind was more open, but they still tried to put force the ball into coverage from the midfield into the forward. Um, it, it, it's sad to say it reminded me a little bit of what TFC was trying to do this past season with playing way too intricate. Um, I know that's a bit harsh because this is Canada. It's a different team entirely, but uh, better. Yeah, one. It, yeah. Yeah. Like trying a little too hard to play too complicated given uh given the the lineup that herbin put out and i was surprised i, I was expecting uh, our boy alistair to play 270 minutes and he did come in later which was great and um yeah yeah the you know kyle or the kyle Aaron and the subs later um I'll, I'll get to that in a second but for the first half i thought it was actually kind of kind of rough and kind of um you know Try again, trying to force it, not playing the smart ball too much. Um, I mean, playing it a little bit. I found a lot of times uh, El Salvador's press definitely gave us some trouble, especially with Borian's distribution. A lot of times the ball would be would be played back to him, and he would have to clear it uh, with an El Salvador player coming right at him. That did often lead to a giveaway. I found, and so. There, if they had been a bit more patient, um, you know, playing out of the back, as we know they can do quite quite easily, quite well. Um, I mean, that's you know how you play through. I guess there are both ways to play through a press, right? You go over the top, or you go through or around, and uh, going around and more, a bit more slowly would have been more successful. I, I do want to get to the the point about the subs. Then um, it, it was I messaged the group chat. It was. Jamie, your your uh, Herdman halftime sub. So it was about fifty sixth minute. Hey. Uh, uh, Alistair, Kyle, Aaron, and um, I'm forgetting who else came on at that point. It was a triple sub. Alistair. And, uh, yeah, Alistair. Who? Yeah, you know, it was. Uh, it was a triple Cannon. sub. Yeah. Oh yeah, Tejon. Yeah. So what that did, I thought that would have upped the tempo and up the the crispness. It did somewhat, but it really did actually slowed the tempo down, and they really were able to uh, have the presence of mind to start to play a bit more patiently and a bit more uh, around the press as opposed to over the press. And uh, I mean, it, it's at that point where we, we saw the, the one, I think maybe, maybe the biggest difference between this window and previous windows, I suppose maybe the second biggest second to the sheer talent of this team is our ability to conquer capital. We are no longer the naive. Let's just play as if this was a European club, club, uh, club tournament or whatever, or, or even MLS. We are going to take the knocks and go down. We are going to take our time on throw-ins. We are going to do all these tricks that we kept accusing uh, other teams of doing. And I think I've come on this podcast before and said, uh, you know, okay, sure, we want the game to be better. We want the quality to be better but you know for now yeah if we want to lead by example we actually have to lead 
And so again, we, we lead in the standings and uh, part of that is, is our ability to manage the game so much better. Again, we, we talked about the, uh, the, the, the fluke goal, or I don't know if we call it a fluke goal. It wasn't right. I mean, 38 mm-hmm. year old Atiba Hutchinson knowing when to check his run and then to go seeing that Laren was going to get the space. I think uh, this was maybe KJ's point on the, on the broadcast. Uh, 38 year old guy. I mean, how I, my body can't do that for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, to the, but yeah. like Atiba is like, he's I don't know. He's, like he's someone else. He's, he's yeah. He's, he's, he's a freak he's, of nature. He's special. Yeah. Um, but I mean, just to have that combination of athleticism and experience, uh, you know, was, was largely the key tonight or key last night. So, yeah, I mean, I saw the goal go goal go in. I, I cracked up because, I mean, it's the type of bounce, just like with Duvernay. Like I said, with that, you know, it's the type of bounce that we would not be getting just five years ago. It was the type of bounce that teams would get against us five years ago. And the fact that we were able to continue to push forward and, yeah, create our own luck means we're also starting to get those bounces too. So um, uh, it was... To, to sum it up again, a, a quality CONCACAF away performance, the the textbook, I think, or rewriting the textbook. Yeah, well, I mean, you said a lot of things there, Matthew, a couple of things. And, uh, you know, one of the things I love, and I'm not ashamed to admit it, is when something bad happens to the U.S. men's national soccer team, a.k.a. a loss or things aren't going great, I love listening to their podcasts. <laughs> Um, because they just they just whipped the dead horse so hard. But so I wanted to point out at one point they're like, oh, you're talking about El Salvador, you know, pushing hard. They're playing with energy. Canada's like trying to force things. Maybe they were listening to too many of those podcasts because everybody was <laughs> complaining that Greg Berhalter was obsessed with making the USA play like Barcelona or something and mm-hmm. uh, hold possession at all costs and no no take no risks going forward and. And whatever, and maybe against a team that can counterattack like Canada, that's not actually that bad of a of a of a, a game plan. And and if uh, obviously McKenney maybe had hit the back of the net with his header, obviously yeah. we'd be having a very different conversation. But that being said, Gurley, what was their first thought when that goal went in? I uh well, when I, I actually looked at this, you know, I I saw it and I. At first, I was like, I have no idea what just happened. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know what yep. just happened. Like, did the you ball... You and everyone else, was there was, You and everyone else. You know what it looked like? It looked like a video game glitch of some sort. <laughs> like, it, I guess... So, Gourley, what exactly happened? Hit the post, hit Atiba, hit Zavaleta, hit Atiba again, and flew, flipped well, over the goalie? Or what happened? I, I believe Atiba got his head to it. I believe Atiba yeah. won the header, hit the post. It then bounced off of Zavaleta hit Atiba in the back of the shoulder slash his collarbone kind of. Yeah, somewhere and there. <laughs> I spun right towards the line and hit the line and I assume was going to spin in, but just in case it wasn't, uh, the backup keeper who was starting only because the regular starter was hurt, uh, Carabantes, he just batted into his own net just for good measure. But I mean, the <laughs> really funny thing was, I mean, we had no idea it was going on. Carabantes had no idea it was going on. Like the ball is starting <laughs> to spin back towards him. He's looking in the air. He has no idea where yeah. the ball is at that moment. 
And I kind of, you know, it's you laugh at looking at he's just no idea, but you kind of can't blame him. I mean, who saw that coming? Um, yeah. I tweeted this afternoon that I think actually uh, Atiba's a Jedi. Because <laughs> that, that explains it. I think we should end the podcast. He's, he's not <laughs> aging. Yeah. And I think he just like just <laughs> mentally made the ball go in the net. That's a better explanation than what actually I saw with he's, my own eyes. I can uh, just go right into the next podcast I got to record on on a Star Wars book there. there we go. Just, <laughs> Atiba yeah. Hutchinson is, is Jedi. Yeah. He, he's I mean, more Jedi than Robinson. <laughs> sure. <Hey-o. laughs> um. Oh yeah. Okay. I just got that. <laughs> <laughs> you get that one right, right Gurley. Yeah, yeah. I'm guessing. Yes. Though I don't know. That's a nickname he gave for himself. Is that? Oh, no. As as a kid, you? apparently he was okay. six or something. That's different. And, that's, that's and he uh, he's just and he just doesn't answer to his actual name. He only answers to Jedi. And even American <laughs> soccer broadcasters. Kind of laugh a little bit at him, but uh, you know, he's their own. Well, they have two Robinsons. One's Jedi. One is Miles. I can, uh, you know, fine. I can figure that out. Yeah, that's fine. so. I, I just wanted to comment on on the U.S. game and today's game and last night's game. I mean, talk about two. Well, I, I don't know if you call El Salvador a high possession team, but the U.S. definitely was. Um, one of the things I'm always keeping an eye out for is uh, our defensive performance. And again, especially when Alistair came on, uh, even next man up, Zachary Brogyard came on the, you know, last night, the, the, the positional play, uh, the keeping players, keeping attacking uh, opponent, attacking opponents to the outside uh, not letting them do much. Same thing with the, with the U.S. game. You talk about uh, you know, them having lots of possession, trying to connect passes together. Uh, the, our, our back line, especially a very Montreal heavy black line, I regret to say, <laughs> has really, really come together. And, I mean, the fact, you know, Kristen Pulisic just wasn't able to do anything because our defending was too good. You could say, okay, last night with... Or, or when, when we had the weird double pivot of Mark Anthony Kay and Jonathan Osorio, I guess that would have been on, on Sunday. Um, you know, our, our, our number six, eight haven't been as strong, um, but yeah, our, our, the back three. And then of course, Borian coming up big when he had to both times against the U S uh, I guess both times, even against Honduras. And then the one time in the, in the, in, at the death, uh, last night against El Salvador. So, I, I mean, part of that backline cohesion is, is Borean's own leadership and his own awareness and his ability to call out defenders and make sure they're in position. But there's very much a, a clear sense of, I mean, main coverage when the fullbacks get high, knowing center backs knowing to come over. Uh, similar thing. I mean, Alistair Johnson likes to play forward. And so even as a quasi right back slash center back, um, having even Tejon Buchanan knowing when to tuck in. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's a big part of our success last night and, and Sunday. I mean, throughout this whole qualifying, uh, the big, I mean, the big point to make there is look how many goals against have we given up this window. Yeah. Um, it's the same number of goals against as uh, the the what's the, the circular and you find 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 a circular object. <laughs> it's yeah. that. 
So, um, yeah, that part again, I, I'm glad we were able to at least get one goal and then Borean get the save. And then, uh, you know, Jonathan David, who had played this whole game, and I'm gonna, gonna move towards that. Um, yeah, 90 plus four at, at plus four again, my body, I, I can't, I'm out of gas at 90 plus four. He darts down the pitch and does a cool as you like it chip. And so, um, Again, I mean, three straight two nil wins just to ice that off, too. So, um, yeah, the overall sense I have of, of last night's game is a tale of two halves, if you will. When we brought those subs on, then we, we started to, to dominate. And, and when, you know, when I saw those subs coming on, I said, okay, we're not just settling for a, a nil nil draw here, we're actually going for the three points. and that's another thing that Herman has done, right? He, he hasn't settled for, for the one point he's pushed uh, every single game. We're going to get three points, even if it doesn't seem to make sense, it turns out. Well, I don't know if it doesn't make sense. I mean, I think he's, he's learned still from that, uh, that loss in Florida to the States in terms of, you know, roster selection and Mm -hmm. how they start games and, and, you know, different decision-making situations, but uh, Gurley, I got to ask you, you know, I don't think, I mean, I don't know, but I don't think anybody really was wondering whether Jonathan David cared about Canada. Obviously, you know, I think he's proven that he does, but the, the, the narrative coming, I guess, into this window that was that Jonathan David, um, you know, just couldn't, couldn't uh, put it together at the same level that he does for his club team in, in Lille. Uh, but I, again, uh, how gratifying is it for you to see him? And I'm sure you would agree, uh, you know, play at the level that he does at that level. And, and uh, you know, how gratifying is it to see him have some success uh, because he just shows up. He does show up. That's for sure. Well, I mean, it's sort of funny that we're, we're thinking maybe he's not, bringing his uh his a game with canada all the time it's possibly a narrative but he's he's tied for the the leading goals in the octo so i mean he's yeah. he's not not doing the business uh he scored some huge goals for this group and uh you know three goals in his last four starts now for canada so um yeah he's he's definitely coming good it's you know we so we talked about last podcast about him and laren you know still a work in progress in terms of them playing together and that needs to they still get a little bit better, but you can see they're progressing together. And and I thought once we get the two forwards out there, that really helped things uh, last night. You know, I, I David, you know, the Iceman, he's a he's a cool character. He's uh, he always seems very calm and and, you know, uh, he's not as demonstrative as some of some other players. Right. So maybe that creates an impression. But I don't think anyone really doubts that he cares. They certainly shouldn't. Um, this whole group cares i mean extremely and i don't think there's any doubt about that and i mean how easy would it be for stefan Estacchio, who's just moved to porto of the, you know, the biggest move of his life has covid you know knows he's not going to play at least the first match probably the second he could just say well i'm just going to stay there you know it's it's fine we're in great shape whatever but instead he you know tests until he tests negative and then immediately flies over and then gives us 80 minutes um yeah. In, in a match and you know i i am sure it, you know he 
he he always looks cool out there. He always looks like he's never tired, but he had to be pretty tired. I mean, that's a lot to ask coming off of uh, right off of COVID. So it was a really gutty performance from him as well. But um, yeah, I don't think there's any doubt how much these guys care and the fact that they do care as much as they do. Um, certainly about playing for Canada and the pride that that um, entails, but also not to be notwithstanding playing for each other and just how much they care about each other is, yeah. is what I think the real difference is with this group compared to um, most of the past cycles, which isn't really knock on previous teams. It's just tough to generate that kind of, um, I mean, they say these were brotherhood a lot. It's tough to generate that in a national team mm-hmm. setup. You don't have a lot of time together. I mean, you know, you bash heads against each other. If you're playing at, you know, a Toronto Montreal Derby, and then you've got to be, you've got to be best friends again in, mm-hmm. in a month or so. Right. It's not easy. You know, we've seen that with, with Spain for decades with the Barcelona Real Madrid guys, not really coexisting and them underachieving at the national level for, you know, decades and decades until finally they, got that sorted head generation where it worked and they won everything for a decade, but you know, England as well with your, yeah. you know, half the squads mm-hmm. at Arsenal halves at Liverpool halves at Man U and a couple of Chelsea guys. And they all don't quite get along because you're fighting to the death every week, of the premiership to win the title. And, you know, it's just, you know, they've talked about that now after the fact, some of those teams in the nineties and two thousands just didn't quite gel the way they needed to, to really achieve. So, um, yeah, that's one of the great things about this team is watching them play for each other and how much they care. I mean, I, I the the footage of the David goal with Canadian Bent, of course, they're they're halfway to the center of the earth in the, the <laughs> box there in El Salvador. So they're kind of climbing out of the, <laughs> the pit they're sitting in. Mm-hmm. And David's barely got the ball. They're already halfway on the pitch. And Estacchio's got his arms by his knees like he's ready to raise a trophy. He's ready to throw them in the air and then... You know, it was great, but you know, but they just couldn't wait to go celebrate with them. And they all knew he was going to score. And just it's 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 fun seeing some of that stuff and just how much uh, this group cares for each other. Yeah, yeah. And sorry, go Jay. Yeah, it's just just uh, I wanted to say probably Estacio is more excited to go to the mm-hmm. climate in uh, San Salvador from <laughs> Portugal than to Hamilton. Um, and obviously, lots of people have made the. Uh, Made the point, you know, Canada being cocky, caffy, blah, 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 mm-hmm. you know, and Greg Berhalter complaining and whining about the pitch and the narrowness and yada, yada, yada. But, um, you know, our team had to deal with that, you know, too. So, uh, you know, that's the classic. It's the same. It's the same yeah. for both teams. And <laughs> I don't think, yeah. like, it doesn't make any sense to me that, again, I just kind of responding to what mm-hmm. all the American uh, podcasters and you know, pundits were saying that Canada, you know, did a, you know, did a, did a, did a job that way. Um, complaining, you know, um, you know, the Americans played three games in freezing temperatures right. and they're complaining about the one that's on the road. Like they did <laughs> they it, like, two of them. <laughs> so the, the hypocrisy Come of on. complaining about all that yeah. is insane, but the great point by you, Gourley, yeah. about Estacchio's mm-hmm. level of caring could have easily just said i'm not gonna make it sorry bud like i'm just having a life-changing move and i have covid and <laughs> like i had covid and you know it's all kind of coming together but uh he, he decided to go from from portugal to el salvador to play uh, mm-hmm. a soccer game for a team that um i don't know how to word this like wait even if we had lost this game and right. you know, I don't know that we would have, but even if we did, it wouldn't have been the end of the world. Um, 
yet you know he did that so mm-hmm. again he, 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 just restating your point great uh, yeah. great point about uh, about the heart of Estacchio and how much he cares and the way that this group cares um mm-hmm. yeah just uh, again just i don't want to take too much more time because uh, we have uh you know just a bit of a break here and then march mm-hmm. but i guess i I'll, I'll i'll ask and i'll wonder uh the big question that the most interesting question that i heard about canada in this final window coming up was whether you bring the same guys back and keep trying to build that chemistry in your system and, and your club element and identity together, or if you try to be creative uh, because, you know, you probably only need a point or two uh, to, to sort of seal that qualifying uh, and try to, you know, try to hook Mm -hmm. in the Jevisons and the Floreses and, and whatnot. Uh, I don't know what Matthew Nugabarowski first, which, which direction <laughs> yeah. do you go? I mean, I think you can mix some guys in a little bit, but knowing John Herdman and his mentality, he, he said he has March 31st on the calendar. He doesn't have March 24th on the calendar to celebrate. They're still not fully wrapped up. This is still not clinched. And uh, even then the, the 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 draw isn't clinched we we're talking i mean this is the world we're in now we're talking about what uh you what uh pot we're in for the world cup draw to try and actually make some damage in this tournament so uh you know i i i see herdman opting more for keeping the team together um you know there you know you see mls players will have some more time more time under the belt during the season um, I mean, if you're Alfonso Davies, if you're Jonathan David, you ask them what they want. They want to come. They want to, you know, you know, especially one more game at home, um, wherever that is, the Jamaica game, uh, and to be the ones that, that seal it, right? So, uh, yeah, the again, the theme of togetherness and whatnot. Um, I mean, just to to go back to that point before, uh, you know, Jonathan David, Stephen Estacchio, Alfonso Davies, these are professional footballers who want to play in a World Cup <laughs> and they want to make sure they play in a World Cup. And in this window, you know, we this past window, we saw Jonathan David uh, on, you know, with the ball really, really step up, even against the ball. He really stepped back. He really, his, his, his um, back checking is so the, the hockey term for it. That was really impressive as well. So um, his commitment is there. Uh, again, I've said this multiple times on this podcast. John Herbman will not put someone on the field who isn't two feet in. If you are one foot in, that's not good enough. Uh, you know, we have the news about our field. We had the news about uh, some other players. And um, yeah, I mean, it'd be nice to get Jebison in. It'd be nice to get Ugbo some more minutes. It would be nice to see, but I think the overall, and, and I think we might see a little bit of that, especially after the clinch we could take advantage finally of the expanded roster size, but uh, overall I do think the, uh, the MO that John Herbin has is let's, let's actually continue this run and continue this momentum, continue this brotherhood that we've talked about and, and keep as many of the same players together as we can. I mean, Byron permitting, Lil permitting, et cetera. But uh, yeah, we know, I think that's what John Herbin wants. Really, same question. Well, I mean, I, Lil doesn't really have much to say. It's a, it's a FIFA window, so you know, um, 
Jonathan David should be coming. Um, (laughs) uh, You know, and uh, to be fair, I don't, they might be fighting for a Champions League place at best, but, you know, their their odds of doing much more than that this year are slim slim to none. So um, it sounds like news today is that, that they're not very, feeling very confident that Davies will play again for another couple months, which is um, unfortunate, but at the same time, it's nice that they're really being cautious with this. Obviously it's such a serious thing that uh, you don't want to take any chances. So um, it's disappointing news, but I don't know. I don't really know if myocarditis would impact something like traveling, but if he's able to travel, I can actually see Davies coming to just be around for when, when it wraps up. Um, with the group and I think that sort of speaks the way I would go with this um, who wouldn't want to be there when they clinched after all this you know I'm sure they every to a man they all want to be part of it they want to be on the pitch when that final whistle blows and they know they've done it um, especially the ones that have been around for more than a, a couple cycles they know how hard it is they know how long we've mm-hmm. been waiting um, so to that end I, I, I think you keep basically the same group together I don't see many changes. Um, the chance to try and look at integrating, you know, uh, the odd new player, whoever that might be, whether it's a dual national, uh, whether it's a younger player like a, a Diaz or, you know, kind of a fringe guy that we haven't looked at before, like a Richie Annan, maybe, um, you know, why now? You know, we'll have, mm-hmm. we'll have some matches in the summer. We'll have some friendlies for the World Cup um, at this point. The group is what it is, uh, stays pretty together. If there's any um, left field um, player to come in, it could be someone like a uh, an Iowaka Nola or mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. a Ralph Parizo, who, I mean, honestly, I'm not sure either of those guys are going to be ready to really go to start the season yeah, with TFC. Uh, or TFC's under the cone of silence, so I don't even know who's playing for them right now. <laughs> Nobody the season, does. But, um, <laughs> You know, so I have no idea where they're at, but if, if they, you know, if one or two of those guys start off the season, you know, we're a month into MLS by time we kind of name that squad for the March window, you might have a sense of, oh, Prizo started the last three games for TFC's playing well, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, maybe he gets called into a squad, but beyond that mm-hmm. kind of thing, I don't really, you know, or maybe Marshall Ruddy, you know, something like that it makes a little more sense to me than, than bringing in someone really at a left field like Jebison, but um because those guys have at least been to camps and i think that's important mm-hmm. for uh for herman to at least they've been part of the system and part of the group they're known their own quantities um that might be the only real kind of surprise call-ups that we see uh for march i think you'll see the regular guys and if um if they're still unbeaten going into panama qualified obviously they're unbeaten going to Panama, they're qualified mm-hmm. um i think they play a strong team and they want to try and 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 get that you know feather in the cap of having run mm-hmm. the table without losing a match um obviously trying to fight into pot three is is a consideration there's just so many moving parts in that you know after qualification is going to end up telling a tale there mm-hmm. who gets to the european playoffs if there's an upset or two there that can make a big difference uh there'll still be some friendlies before the draw that could impact things a little bit possibly nation leagues matches so mm-hmm. it's it's a nice goal um, I don't think it's the end of the world. It'd be great to be into pot three. It helps, but you know, you can be in pot three and get a real scary draw, or you can get into pot yeah, four true. and get 
Qatar instead of Brazil, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. and then, you know, and your pot three team might be somewhere where you don't know, oh, you know, Japan, we, we, you know, we can play Japan. So this is an example or, you know, Ecuador is a pot three team where you're thinking, okay, well, that's not as scary as some of the possibilities. So you just don't really know until the draw happens and then it comes down to form and all those things, but it's really exciting to be talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Gold Cup legends, Qatar. <laughs> yeah i mean i think i think yeah. the uh canadians I, th- I think john herdman will also just leave want to leave no stone unturned and yeah. i think the concept of having as good a possible draw and you're right like you can't control mm-hmm. the draw but uh i think the draw is critical for canada i mean i think why can't canada you know, at the very least, get through the group stage if they're not in the group oh, of sure. death. Like, yeah. there's there's nothing in this team that makes me does doesn't make me believe that they can, you know, play against the ball and and really shock somebody. And and you know that you know we like Canada's been trying to fight for relevance in this region. Uh, you can imagine how little. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, with the internet and the pundits and yada yada yada. It's but starting. Still, there's there's garden articles. There's other articles. Yeah, in England. It's still it's still a thing that if we lined up against England, if we lined up against uh, Argentina, like mm-hmm. those countries would have zero respect for us. Like that's just the bottom. To line. our advantage, <laughs> which is exactly to our advantage. Yeah. But we still yeah. need. We yeah. need to leave every stone unturned to, to yeah. and, and, you know, and we will have confidence, like, mm-hmm. especially if we can finish first. And I think that's yeah. interesting. And you made a great point, uh, Gurley, too, about um, the MLS starting and, you know, we'll see how people are fit and healthy and stuff for this next window. Mm-hmm. Um, so it should be fun. Don't know where the game in Canada against Jamaica is going to be. Um, hopefully it's BMO. You don't have any insight into that, do you, Gurley? Uh, if it's not a BMO, I would be extremely surprised. Yeah. Um, as much as people talk about the Jamaican presence in Canada, in my experience, um, Jamaican fans that have gone to a Jamaica-Canada game have have been very um, um, two-sided scarves. That you know, yeah, they're not afraid to cheer Canada scores either, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, we have a handful of guys with Jamaican ancestry. If I'm not getting confused here. Mm-hmm. On the current squad, basically, like you know, I they might as well come out and enjoy a day with with yeah. their national team, but also be real proud of yeah. Neil Henry and Kamal Miller, and you know, exactly like, that wouldn't Junior Hoyle, right? Yeah, Junior, Junior. I forgot to mention Junior. He he's been playing. He played really well this window. I just want to throw that in there. Yeah, yeah. Junior's yeah. been, been tr- <laughs> yeah. Junior always plays so well for Canada. It's uncanny. It doesn't yeah. matter mm-hmm. if he's playing for his club. It doesn't matter if he's yeah. stuck chasing shadows for 90 minutes in the Premier League. He just comes in, plays his mm-hmm. role for Canada, and plays well. Um, very impressive. Yeah. And, and that, is, that is the mark of a, a national team with the right manager and the right culture that guys come in and are better than they maybe play at their club team and American, like I was listening to the men in blazers podcast and they are postmortem of Hamilton. And they were talking about, you know, how Christian Pulisic looks, you know, just as bad, if not worse than he does, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to toil for Chelsea right now. They talked about back in the day, you know, Clint Dempsey would, 
you know, come back from the Premier League and and he would play free for the USA and Josie would be with the struggles with Sunderland and he'd come back and he'd play, be playing free, be the big fish in the small pond again, that kind mm-hmm. of a thing. Uh, and so obviously the USA culture used to be one and obviously their competition now is elevated with another, you know, good team in the thing. But then again, you can say Costa Rica and Honduras are a little bit worse than they used to be. So maybe there's I, I think this is a one, I mean, but. not to take anything away from what Canada is achieving, but I think this is a bit of a down cycle for a lot of countries. Yeah, yeah. even Mexico. Um, I mean, they, they even Mexico convincingly is not last night, playing but... very well. The U.S. is more talented, I think, than they were four years ago, but mm-hmm. they are not particularly making the most of that. We know Honduras is well down. Costa Rica's down. Credit to Panama because mm-hmm. um, they're a very different team than they were four years ago, and I think they might be better than they were four years ago with a lot of new faces. El Salvador is obviously a better team than they were, but um, you know this this is not. And I guess to another point I was going to make earlier, but um, you know going in this felt like a good opportunity because this is not. Mm-hmm. as deep or as strong a CONCACAF as it has been. And that seems, you know, right now, uh, Comable, uh, there's a real gulf between Brazil and Argentina and everyone else. And it seems a lot of teams are, are, are struggling and putting together pretty indifferent performances. So it's not like it's just one region right now. Yeah. But the, the X factor with the World Cup, and one thing that makes me temper my expectations a little bit, you talked about getting out of the getting to the groups uh, to the round of 16, and obviously that'd be a, a big goal and a real, you know, it's, it's a big enough goal, but still attainable. Mm-hmm. But Canada hasn't played anyone from outside of CONCACAF in right. quite a while. Um, and I don't think that's to be discounted. Um, it's going to be interesting, but, it, you know, I, it's been at least two years. And I'm trying to think if they've played anyone since no. that. Um, I guess we didn't play Qatar in the, World, in the Gold Cup. No. And, and then that was still CONCACAF, quote-unquote. Yeah. We had uh, we had the friendly with with uh, New Zealand, right? Which was played. I mean, it was so windy they were letting the ball roll when they took corner <laughs> kicks. And and, and, to, <laughs> and not that New Zealand is you know New Zealand is mm-hmm. you know we haven't played him from Europe or so you know so yeah, um, questions to be asked with this group right like there's they're they're playing great um the there's the fact their counterattacking team sets them up well for I think the way they're going to need to play to be successful in the World Cup. That's that's changed a little bit and evolved. Um, mm-hmm. We're not as slavish as playing out of the back, which I think is also really helpful um, because teams that press really well have caused us problems because you know we we don't have a lot of uh, Maldini's back there stroking the ball around. So you know. <laughs> The the, the, the you know the defense is is much maligned. At mm-hmm. the same time, they are who they are, mm-hmm. and Milan Borian is who he is, right? Like, you know, he bypasses playing over the back at times, and I think that's mm-hmm. great because sometimes when he gets cute, it comes back at us, right? So we've seen that yeah. in the the twenty nineteen gold, the twenty seventeen gold cup, sorry, and you mm-hmm. know at different times. So there, there there's a good understanding of who we are. And playing to our strengths, and we've done yeah. a really great job of that so far in the Octo. You mentioned that, though. I I just want to say I don't think our our defense is justly maligned anymore. <laughs> I mean, I know they're MLS guys, but you know they. I mean, Johnston stood up Pulisic, right? I mean, pushed Aronson to the side. So, uh, I mean, uh, and yeah, you can question some distribution and whatnot. Um, yeah, I I think we still. I think that to me is the most improved. 
part of the part of our game. We have peaked uh, at the time everyone else is dipping. I get that. One thing I should point out: it's a November World Cup, so there will be friendlies in the summer. I guess there might. I don't know if there will be Nations League or not, but uh, there will be windows. I think just to address Jamie's original question of uh, what kind of squads do we put out, we have time for both, and we have time to see. How we do against the big clubs? I hope we schedule friendlies against England, Germany, whoever. Um, but yeah, we can see how we do against Australia, New Zealand, Scotland. I'd be I'd be really curious to see. Yeah, especially especially countries like Japan, Australia, Scotland. Uh, Scotland's an up and coming power too. So um, yeah, I, I, both. <laughs> I mean, I definitely want to see yeah. players like Jaquil Marshall and. Uh, and Ralph Parizo, if he's healthy, and I, um, you know, I, Jacob Schaffelberg to, to continue with the TFC list. Yeah. Uh, these players who who have played fairly well for club, especially Schaffelberg. Um, see, I mean, that's the thing is is we're looking at our depth. We're looking at, at the squad for Qatar. Who? What surprising pieces do we bring in as well? Yeah, and you know. St. Johnstone center forward, Theo Bear, another one on that list, I guess. But yeah, lots of lots of possibilities for, you know, just to see what they look like. But it seems like to me uh, the most important thing for Herdman is the, the culture of the club. And Canada is a club team now. And got to love it. Really enjoying it. Canada will head on the road again for two. Uh, they're in uh, Panama on the last one. Uh, they're at home to Jamaica in the middle one, and the first one back, Gurley, is against Costa Rica. In Costa Rica, there you go. So, and that'll be a desperation, desperate uh, Costa Rica team. But we'll uh, we'll come together and, and uh, uh, preview that window when it comes. But uh, fellas, mm-hmm. we're going to Qatar. <laughs> How excited! What excitement! I mean, let's just let's just you know, yeah. let's let ourselves smile and told Matthew that my brother, Matthew, that, uh, you know, I was watching Canada USA in my living room and, uh, the Atacubi goal went in and I think I shed a tear and all mm-hmm. the pain and misery and memories <laughs> kind of came out similar to when I you know how I felt when TFC won the MLS cup. Yeah. It, it's, and, it's, there. Uh, it's terrible. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, thank you, thank you, thank you to John Herdman and to the all these guys who show up and have made this something to enjoy, believe in, likable group. And uh, with that, because I have the power of the host, I'm going to say that this is the last word. But thank you, boys, for joining me. Thanks for having me, Jimmy. Yeah, thanks for having me on. <laughs>